To make a donation, visit biblicallycorrectpodcast.org slash donate. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. Should we keep Jewish tradition as long as it doesn't contradict Scripture? Welcome to the Biblically Correct Podcast. Shalom, y'all. This is the Biblically Correct Podcast, teaching biblical correctness in a biblically incorrect world. My name is Kevin Jeffrey. I'm a Jewish follower of the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, and I love teaching the scriptures. So as you know, I view scripture as our sole authority where it comes to God telling us what he wants us to believe and do. And naturally, that includes Torah keeping and observing the feasts and so forth. So when I question or critique Jewish tradition, I'm sometimes told in response that, as Messianic Jews, we should be keeping the traditions of Judaism as long as they don't violate or contradict the commands of Scripture. And apparently, Paul's the one who teaches us this. So today, I want to take a look at the Scriptures to try to verify that this should indeed be our attitude toward tradition. So Paul's teaching about keeping tradition is found in 2 Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians. And he very clearly says the words that we should keep the traditions. In 2 Thessalonians 2.15, he says to hold to the traditions. And in 1 Corinthians 11.2, he says to keep the traditions. So this fact is not in dispute. Paul wrote those words. The question is, what does Paul mean here when he's referring to tradition? Does he mean the tradition of the Pharisees or the Sadducees? or of the oral law, or of the Talmud, which hadn't yet been written down? What does he mean here? So let's start digging deeper with 2 Thessalonians 2.15, and I'm quoting from the MJLT, but I'm going to leave out the italicized text, which was added to the translation for clarification. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 says, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold the traditions that you were taught, whether through word or whether through our letter. So from the complete verse, we get a clue about whose traditions Paul's talking about. He says that the traditions were previously taught to the Thessalonians, whether orally through word or written through our letter, presumably referring to the book of 1 Thessalonians. So by using the personal pronoun our, Paul's indicating that he and his colleagues were the ones who taught them these traditions. So does that mean that Paul taught the Thessalonian Jews and Gentiles to keep Jewish traditions? That Paul himself kept the traditions of Judaism and was now passing them on? The verse doesn't say that, but maybe. So let's keep looking. Let's skip ahead now to chapter 3. And again, without the clarifying text in the MJLT, here's what it says in verse 6. And we command you, brothers, in the name of our Master Yeshua Messiah, to withdraw yourselves from every brother walking disorderly and not after the tradition that you received from us. So remember that in chapter 2, Paul said that he had taught them the traditions, and now here in chapter 3, he's juxtaposing walking after the tradition with walking disorderly. So put another way, to walk after the tradition is orderly, and to walk not after the tradition is disorderly. So does this mean that if we aren't keeping Jewish traditions, that we're being disorderly 
and that other believers should have nothing to do with us, as Paul says. Again, the verse doesn't say that, but maybe. All we know now is that failing to keep the traditions that Paul taught makes us disorderly and worthy to be shunned by the believing community. So it's still really not clear what Paul's talking about here regarding tradition. So let's read verse 6 again, then keep reading through verse 15 to see if we can get some context. Again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. And we command you, brothers, in the name of our Master Yeshua Messiah, to withdraw yourselves from every brother walking disorderly and not after the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves have known how necessary it is for you to imitate us, because we did not act disorderly among you. Skipping down to verse 10, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, that if anyone is not willing to work, neither let him eat. For we hear of certain ones walking disorderly among you, working at nothing, but working at the affairs of others or being a busybody. But we command and exhort such persons in the Master Yeshua the Messiah that, working with quietness, they eat their own bread. Verse 14, And if anyone does not obey our word through this letter, take note of this one, to keep no company with him, so that he may be ashamed, yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Okay, so let's break this down. We already know from verse 6 that Paul juxtaposes walking disorderly with walking after the tradition. And Paul wants us to withdraw ourselves from every brother who isn't walking the right way. Withdraw yourselves from every brother walking disorderly and not after the tradition. Then in verse 7, Paul holds himself and his colleagues up as examples to follow In not acting disorderly, it is necessary for you to imitate us, because we did not act disorderly among you. So he's continuing this concept of walking or acting disorderly, indicating that he himself is keeping this tradition, although he still has yet to explain what that tradition is, the tradition that makes us not be disorderly. Then skipping down to verse 10, we finally start to get an idea of what he's talking about. He says, We command you this, that if anyone is not willing to work, neither let him eat. Now remember in verse 6, he said, We command you to withdraw yourselves from those walking disorderly. So this command here in verse 10 appears to be expounding on that. He's reiterating that he gave them this command, that if anyone's unwilling to work, then he doesn't get the benefit from the hard work of others. This is what Paul's calling disorderly, as he goes on in verse 11 and 12 to say, for we hear of certain ones walking disorderly among you, aka not keeping the tradition, working at nothing, but working at the affairs of others, being a busybody. But we command and exhort such persons in the Master Yeshua, the Messiah, that working with quietness, They eat their own bread. So the tradition here that Paul taught them and is commanding and exhorting them to walk after is, you don't work, you don't eat. That's it. 
That's the tradition here. Paul's trying to bring order to disorder by teaching them to not be lazy and selfish leeches, but to be good workers and to earn their keep. And if there were any doubt that this was the tradition he was referring to in verse 6, he restates what he said about withdraw yourselves from every brother walking not after the tradition by saying in verse 14, if anyone does not obey our word to work and eat his own bread, keep no company with him. Withdraw yourselves and keep no company with him mean the same thing. And they bookend Paul's point about keeping the tradition. So the tradition that Paul talks about here in 2 Thessalonians 3 has nothing to do with Jewish tradition. It's about rules that Paul laid down among the believers about behaving with orderly conduct within the community. So to make this clear, 2 Thessalonians 3.6 in the MGLT is fully rendered this way. And we command you, brothers, in the name of our Master Yeshua the Messiah, to withdraw yourselves from every brother who is walking disorderly and not following after the tradition of orderly conduct that you received from us. And with this clear understanding now of how Paul's using the word tradition, we can also revisit chapter 2, verse 15. Fully rendered in the MGLT, it reads, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions of orderly conduct that you were taught by us, whether through word of mouth or whether through our letter. In other words, he's exhorting and reminding them to keep walking according to the rules, to hold to the traditions of orderly conduct that he previously taught them, presumably things he wrote to them in his first letter, such as in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. It is necessary for you to walk and to please God even as you do walk. Or chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For this is the will of God, your holiness, that you abstain from the sexual immorality, that each of you know how to obtain his own thing in holiness and honor. Or verses 11 and 12. And also to make it your aim to live a quiet life and to tend to your own things and to work with your own hands as we commanded you so that you may walk respectably toward those outside and may have lack of nothing. Paul even foreshadows what he teaches them in his second letter when he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, Be at peace among yourselves, and we exhort you, brothers, admonish the disorderly. And just to close the loop on this, Paul continues to use the word tradition in this way when he later addresses the believers in Corinth just a couple of years later. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31 through 11-2 say, Whether then you eat or drink or do anything, do it all to the glory of God. Become offenseless, both to Yehudim and Greeks, and to the called forth of God. As I also in all things please all, not seeking my own profit, but that of many, so that they may be saved. Become imitators of me, as I also am of Messiah. And I commend you that in all things you remember me, and that you keep the traditions of orderly conduct as I delivered them to you. Become offenseless toward others. Seek not your own profit. Imitate me, whether you eat or drink or do anything. 
These are the kinds of traditions that Paul wanted the believers to keep. Ways of behavior that exemplify and promote righteous and orderly conduct and harmony, both within and outside the community. So when Paul says to keep and hold to the traditions, he's speaking about rules for orderly conduct, not the traditions of Judaism. So if there's no biblical evidence that Paul taught the believers to keep Jewish tradition, does he ever even express an opinion about it that could inform our attitude? Well, the only place he mentions Jewish tradition is in the book of Galatians, and it's not exactly a glowing recommendation. Here he speaks about his time in Judaism in the past tense and juxtaposes it with his current behavior in Messiah. Galatians 1.13 through 16 says, For you heard of my behavior at one time in Judaism, that I was exceedingly persecuting the called forth of God and destroying her, and that I was also advancing in Judaism above many equals in age in my own ancestry, being more abundantly zealous for my father's traditions, for Jewish tradition. But when God was well pleased to reveal his son in me, I would proclaim good news of him among the Goyim. So Paul talks about previously being in Judaism at one time, that he was advancing in it and being more abundantly zealous for my father's traditions, not Torah, but Jewish tradition. That was how things used to be for him. So from this, at best, we can say that Paul now holds a neutral attitude toward tradition. He's not advocating for it, but neither is he condemning it, although it wouldn't be a stretch to say that he's characterizing it here more negatively than positively by lumping it in with his past negative behavior. But all we know for sure is that he was previously zealous for two things, advancing in Judaism while keeping Jewish tradition and persecuting believers. He counts these things together. But now he's zealous for proclaiming the good news of Yeshua, and he's left his former zeal for Judaism and tradition behind. So that's all that Paul says about Jewish tradition. But let's also not forget Yeshua's view, and it was hardly neutral. For one thing, Yeshua apparently had no problem with his disciples not keeping traditions that didn't contradict Scripture, such as not picking grain on Shabbat. And Yeshua himself also didn't abide by such traditions, as we see, for example, him healing on the Sabbath and not performing the ritual hand-washing, as in Luke eleven thirty-seven through 40. And although Yeshua clearly participated in the culture and landscape of first-century Judaism, which we know, for instance, from his custom of going to the synagogue on Shabbat and participating in the public reading of Scripture, when he addressed the issue of tradition directly, he only had negative things to say about it. When he challenged the Jewish religious authorities, we see him saying this repeatedly. Why also do you sidestep the command of God because of your tradition? Matthew 15, 3. You set aside the word of God because of your tradition. Matthew 15, 6. Having put away the command of God, you hold to the tradition of men. Mark 7, 8. You put away the command of God very well so that you may keep your tradition. Mark chapter 7, verse 9. So I think it's fair to say that Yeshua stood strongly against the traditions for how they put away or set aside or nullified the command 
or word of God. And for those who might say that Yeshua wasn't making a blanket statement in any of these instances about all Jewish tradition, he did say in Mark 7.13, you set aside the word of God for your tradition that you handed down and you do many such things like this. So at minimum, Yeshua is indicating that even if every single Jewish tradition doesn't nullify scripture, there's still a systemic problem with the religious traditions of Judaism in general. But even if I'm reading this completely wrong, and Yeshua is nowhere near as negative toward tradition as these verses seem to clearly demonstrate, there's still no biblical support for either Yeshua or Paul teaching us that we should keep Jewish tradition. We have no biblical obligation to the traditions of Judaism as a vehicle for Torah keeping. Tradition is, at best, optional. At worst, it nullifies the word of God. And I'll deal with the seed of Moses in Matthew 23 in a later teaching. So the position that Paul taught us to keep Jewish tradition is incorrect. Paul had, at most, a neutral view of tradition. Yeshua and the disciples are recorded as not keeping the traditions. Yeshua only had negative things to say about tradition. And nowhere does Scripture indicate that we should keep Jewish traditions. Again, not Torah, tradition. So that leaves us with one last question. Not should we, but can we follow Jewish tradition, as long as it doesn't contradict Scripture? Well, on the one hand, of course you can, especially if you want to observe things like Hanukkah, for example, which isn't a scriptural feast. So tradition might be one appropriate source for celebrating Hanukkah. As I've said before, tradition as a concept is morally neutral, and we all keep different kinds of traditions all the time. In fact, we rely on tradition for determining the canon of Scripture. So there's nothing inherently wrong simply with keeping tradition. But what about how to keep kosher or observe the Shabbat and the Moedim, or whether to wear a kippah and talit, things like that? Can you keep the traditions of Judaism associated with those types of things as long as they don't violate or contradict Scripture. And I have three answers for that. My first answer is that I question whether violating or contradicting Scripture should be the only standard for determining whether a tradition is okay to keep. What if a tradition doesn't contradict or violate Scripture, but overshadows it? What if the doing of a specific tradition or emulating Judaism as a general approach to your faith practice, submits you to an authority other than the Bible and lessens the importance or prominence of the Torah itself? What if it takes on more weight in your life than the actual commands of Torah or heaps up activity and expenditure and takes away from time and resources that could otherwise be spent doing the pure command of the Word of God or even the work of making disciples and sharing the Messiah? In what way could the Word of God be so insufficient that we need to look to man's tradition to tell us how to worship him, or how to be a Jew, or how to walk daily in Messiah? Because unless you believe, as Rabbinic Judaism does, that God also gave Moses the oral law at Sinai to tell us how to keep the Torah, that it's impossible to keep the Torah as written, then what reason do you have to believe that you need Jewish tradition for Torah-keeping or obeying the scriptures in any way, 
especially given what Yeshua says about tradition. So that's my first answer. My second answer is, who are you to decide which traditions violate scripture and which ones don't? Just because as Messianic believers, we have greater spiritual authority or because we have the Ruach HaKodesh. So what if I consider a tradition to be contradicting scripture, but you don't? How do we determine which of us is right? And as far as Judaism goes, we're all reading the same Bible, yet Judaism clearly sees no conflict between the oral law and the written. To every tradition you or I object to as contradicting scripture, Judaism's going to have an answer. So if you're already beholden to Judaism's authority on certain traditions, how can you then say they're wrong about others? And finally, my third answer to the question of, can you keep Jewish tradition as long as it doesn't contradict scripture, is that just because we're allowed to do something doesn't mean we ought to. As I've said previously, permissiveness isn't a biblical standard for behavior. Just because the Bible doesn't expressly forbid something doesn't automatically mean that we can or should do it. Paul speaks to this very principle in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, as he answers the advocates of permissiveness. All things are permitted for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are permitted for me, but I, I will not be put under authority by anything. The fact that tradition may be unforbidden isn't enough to justify doing it. We need to seriously consider whether Jewish tradition or anything we do truly furthers the cause of Messiah and builds us up for the fulfillment of our calling in Him, not according to our own reasoning and ideas, but in alignment with the Scriptures. So are there Jewish traditions that we can do that are harmless? Sure. Have some matzah ball soup at Passover, or follow the Torah reading cycle, or say the brucha over the bread and wine. Knock yourself out. If you're Jewish, the goal here isn't to completely separate yourself from your Jewish upbringing and culture just because you now follow Messiah and are committed to the scriptures. That's not the point here at all. The point is to not allow tradition to compete with scripture, or worse, to mistake tradition for the word of God. Because where you're running the risk with man-made tradition, specifically rabbinic religious tradition, is how it has the potential, if not the likelihood, to lead you astray from Scripture and to violate, contradict, obscure, overshadow, lessen, and thereby nullify the Word of God. And if you object to even reconsidering how you've embedded rabbinic Judaism into your faith practice, I would challenge you to consider why tradition is so important to you. Why are you holding on to it so strongly? Because this isn't about being anti-Jewish or anti-Judaism or even anti-tradition. It's about being for the scriptures and not allowing anything to take precedence or share its focus in our lives. Contrary to popular belief, Jewish tradition isn't necessary for keeping the Torah or emulating Yeshua or expressing biblical Jewishness. So don't be zealous for it. Be zealous for the Word of God. Don't keep tradition because you think you have to or just because you have the freedom to do it. But set your heart and hands 
on keeping the scriptures first. And you might be surprised to find you don't need man's tradition so much after all. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Biblically Correct Podcast. If you like this episode and want to see us make more, then we need your help. Visit our website at biblicallycorrectpodcast.org to support the work of Perfect Word Ministries and MJMI with your much-needed donations. And of course, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and ring the bell to receive notifications whenever a new episode is posted. If you have any questions about this teaching, or if there are any other topics you'd like to see me cover, leave me a comment, or shoot me an email at kevin at perfectword.org. That's kevin at perfectword.org. Until next time, remember that every scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for refuting, for setting a right, and for instruction that is in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully equipped, having been completed for every good act. Shalom.